Hello, hello. October 5th, Wednesday evening. Garrett Anderson coming at you live, sitting on my little deck porch patio thing. Um, enjoying the uh, pre-sunset hours up here, getting a little fresh air. Noticed a little hummingbird floating around by the tree uh, That's uh, that I can see from sitting up here. That's kind of cool. Hummingbird alert. That's what we said uh, at my old place. We had a hummingbird feeder um, uh, just outside the, the glass doors on the main level. And whenever the kids saw a hummingbird, they would go, hummingbird alert, hummingbird alert. We would run over there and take a look at the hummingbird. Um, at our old place, it's funny, I d didn't mean to talk about hummingbirds, but here we go. Um, there was one hummingbird that kind of got uh, territorial at our old bush um, and and territorial about the feeder um, and he would always scare the other hummingbirds away so it's kind of funny to watch that dynamic although it did it was like ooh nature nature's a little a little brutal a little rough there you know that hummingbird had a good thing going and he was obviously some sort of alpha male and uh yeah, he wasn't going to give up that hummingbird feeder, but I got a little annoyed because I wanted it to be this peaceful, oh, look, a hummingbird, how sweet. Oh, they're so dainty and lovely, and uh, lo and behold, they can get pretty aggressive. This guy would, like, dive bomb at other hummingbirds if they tried to scooch in on his spot. So he was like, nope, not having any of that. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that was our old hummingbird friend. Um, yeah, I wonder how he's doing. He's probably dead. I don't know. How long do hummingbirds live? I would guess maybe only, maybe a year. Is a year? I think a hummingbird living a year sounds like a long time. I don't know. They're so little. Bugs live such a, sh a short time, right? What's the oldest bug on the earth right now? Is there some, like, like four-week-old bug? I guess it depends what kind of bug. I guess I could imagine some bigger bugs having some longer lifespans, but I'm talking about your run-of-the-mill fly mosquitoes. I got to watch out for those. I, when I, I set up my music gear and I saw a little mosquito floating around, he was about to land on my leg, so I swiped at him. I think I got one of his wings, and then he flew off, but he was flying crazy like like he had a busted uh, swing uh, and I was like oh man I kind of wish I just killed him because he could float over here and bite me mosquitoes uh, trying to get out here and enjoy some of this lovely evening Arizona air um, out of principle oh I just saw some more hummingbirds fly around I think they were hummingbirds and they might have been doing that aggressive behavior or it might have been a guy and a gal, and he was chasing her around. Birds and the bees. The birds and the bees. Shouldn't it be the rabbits? Because rabbits are notorious for that, but we talk about birds and the bees. The, it's, I never, you never really see birds. I guess you do sometimes see bees like joined and flying around. It's funny to see bugs that are flying around doing it and making new bugs. Uh, now, this is turning into a nature show. I'm going to just watch this tree 
and report out on the nature that's happening in this tree right outside my door. That's the new live at you. Psych, um, no, I am not a poor man's David Attenborough. I am Garrett Anderson, a goofball and a songwriter and a dad and a husband. And right now I'm just a dude talking into a microphone. It's been a while since I've done a live at you. I've got tons to report on, including a gig that I played including uh, an update on my run-in with the law from the last gig. Um, What else? And then a big family vacation, which I'll get into a little bit of uh, my experience at Austin City Limits. And uh, sorry about clearing my throat there, but as you can hear, I've got a little bit of phlegminess, a little bit of a sinus thing going on, which is uh, carryover from getting sick uh, right before vacation, kind of going right into vacation. I caught this nasty cold um, at the end of the last podcast I told you about. Um, getting pulled over on my way to Sedona for a gig. That was a bummer. Um, quick update about that. The, uh, the ticket was about 260 some odd dollars. Or I could, since I haven't taken driving school in the last year, I could defer the payment and take driving school. Well, lo and behold, the driving school was going to be with registration and showing up and everything. It was going to be like 200 some odd bucks. And I said, okay, let me, uh, let me think about this. Um, I hope I didn't overlook the points nuance or like the increase in insurance premiums nuance. I might have I might have botched this now that I'm talking about it out loud in a public forum, although I'm sure there's only seven of you out there listening. Um, so yeah, I might have botched this. Maybe I should have sucked it up and done the driving school if that means no points and no insurance. If I just pay it, I'm like, oh, I'm guilty, and I have, I have no remorse. I'm not trying to become a better driver. Although, I mean, what the hell? I was going 26 in a 15, so it's not like I was being reckless. Um, so, yeah, anyway, uh, hopefully that doesn't have any terrible repercussions that I just said, fuck it, I'm paying it, uh, it's not worth 60 bucks of my time to go uh, take a driving class. So there you go, city of Scottsdale, you're welcome. There's a little bit of extra money in the fund. Um, I hope you reinvest it well into this city and community that I'm a part of. Um, maybe Maybe those infractions should go straight to the schools. I don't know, maybe they're funded enough anyway. But if it's a school zone violation, shouldn't it go to the school? Like, if I'm only supposed to be driving 25 in that spot, or 15 in that spot, because it's a school, maybe the school should get the money for any unfortunate uh, fellas or ladies like myself that get caught driving 26 miles an hour and get a speeding ticket for it. As you can hear, I'm still a little bitter about that one. But uh, all's well that ends well shouldn't be too bad. Um, And I'll keep an eye out about insurance premiums going up or getting points on my license or anything, which I think would be ridiculous. I I really hope that's not the case. But when I did the math, I said, nope, $60 isn't worth it to me um, to spend 200 and go to driving school. So... 
that was that. Um, a couple days after the Sedona gig, I had a, a weekday corporate gig. And um, it was a cool gig, but it was definitely work. Sometimes I'll show up for a gig or I'll, I'll sign up for a gig and just admit to myself that it's like, all right, you're a working musician. Go earn a couple bucks, do your best with networking and schmoozing and, you know, try to have a good time. Try to get a couple Garrett Anderson music converts, uh, you know, pimp the website garrettandersonmusic.com a little bit but uh, this one this one was rough this was a corporate gig everybody there was there to schmooze and it got loud really fast um, it was a great setup it was the, this place called blk live and um, it had a sound guy it had a built-in stage with built-in sound um, i met this sound guy george he took care of me all night we got to do a sound check beforehand, and um, it's funny, the, the, the rig that I have going right now for my solo shows with running my guitar and vocals into a looping pedal, I only had one output. So this sound guy, it was the easiest gig he ever did. He just had to, uh, you know, plug me in from there and then help me, f help me dial in my, uh, the balance between my guitar and vocals. And then other than that, he just put on a little reverb and just kind of set it and forget it. So I almost felt bad that he was there. I was like, dude, you can go, you know, but he had to be there to, to put on music during the breaks and make sure nothing was going to go haywire. Um, but yeah, really nice guy. I talked to George for a while uh, before and after I played. Um, and, and he was, he was uh, encouraging. He was like, yeah, you know, corporate gig, don't worry about it. It's kind of a tough crowd. Um, you know, people not really clapping in between songs or really acknowledging that you're there much at all. Uh, they were there for the buffet and, uh, and to network with their colleagues, which I understand. I've been there. Whenever I'm in that situation, I always try to give the musician a little nod and say, hey, man, you know, it's all good. Um, so I, uh, I struggled through that one a little bit. It didn't help that I was already a little under the weather. I was catching this cold, um, this kind of respiratory sinus thing and didn't feel great. You know, it was, I had to get myself energized to play this gig. Um, but I got through it. Um, and it wrapped up early. I got paid in full, you know, so I can't really complain. Um, and, uh, you know, networked with that club and shot over their general manager uh, uh, an email, which reminds me I got to follow up with him, see if I can go play a happy hour there sometime. And I think maybe people that are going just for the bar and the restaurant and, and the ambiance might be more inclined to lend an ear and, and maybe a, a bit of an applause between songs. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's kind of demoralizing when you're playing and you, we wrap up a tune and no one really seems to notice. It's like, I, you know, people, I'm not, I'm not a stereo. I could use a little positive encouragement. Maybe I sucked. <laughs> oh, man. It's, I did just go for a jog, so that's contributing, but I don't like this, um, this state I've been in for the last two weeks with this sinus stuff is like if I try to laugh, it's automatically a cough. You know, I sound like I'm 65 years old or something. So I got to get that cleared up. Um, 
so I had that gig, corporate gig. It went okay. And then a couple of days later, packed up the family to go on a big vacation. Had a friend's wedding back in Baltimore, which was awesome. Um, all the, It was a little bit uh, hairy, though, because I and my wife uh, were invited to sing uh, before the ceremony. We, we were invited to sing What a Wonderful World. And my voice was shot. Like... I I was waking up in the morning and hacking and coughing and couldn't sing. My voice was cracking. It just sounded terrible. And it was like two days until the wedding. I was like, shit. So I was like, well, luckily my wife is a great singer. So if push comes to shove, I'll just play guitar and she can sing. But, you know, that was going to take a little bit of a little bit of the special occasion uh, away from it. Um, you know, she would have done a great job, no doubt. Oh, I see another mosquito floating around over here. That's how much I love podcasting and how much I love you, my my faithful listener uh, or listeners, plural. Um, is Oh, there's a hummingbird. Hey, hummingbird, come down here and eat this mosquito for me. Come on. Let's uh, let's let's put nature to work here. Um, so I was, I was hoping I was going to be able to sing in the wedding. So the wedding is in two days and, um, in the morning I'm like, I, I got to go to the minute clinic. <laughs> and if you listen to the last podcast, you'll remember that I was getting over my shingles too. So I was on an antiviral, a very strong antiviral to combat the shingles that I had on my shoulder, which was embarrassing. Oh, and that also factored into my being a little bit under the weather for the gig. Uh, that corporate gig was I had these shingles on my shoulder. So, I, well, you know, it was a little bit uncomfortable to start with. But, uh, okay, fast forward. So we fly to Baltimore. Um, my voice is shot. I'm like, I got to go to the Minute Clinic and find out what's going on here. So I go to the clinic, and she listens to me. She says, you know, uh, your, your, your breathing does have a little bit of a rattle in the lower respiratory, which is surprising. It's very subtle. I had to listen twice, but I did think I hear, I heard something. So it's possible that this is early signs of pneumonia. So I'm going to put you on a Z-Pack, uh, antibiotic, and we'll just err on the safe side. And I don't know if this lady, if this practitioner was just hooking me up because of my sob story of, oh, I'm traveling and I, w I already had a cold and I had shingles and I'm supposed to sing in this wedding. And maybe she was just like, let me do this guy a favor and I'll quote unquote hear a little rattle in his lower respiratory. She said just to one side said that's very common with pneumonia. If it's like an infection, you'll hear it on one side or the other localized, but, uh, but not on both. So she said, you know, I only hear it in your right side. If there is anything, let's tackle it early. Cause if this got serious, you'd be in, you know, you'd be in a lot of trouble. So, you know, I said, okay, thank you so much. Uh, she gave me, um, an inhaler too. Um, and I, I'm, a, I'm kind of a proud person. I really don't like admitting when I get sick. I don't like being sick and needing medicine and stuff. But uh, God bless modern medicine because the z pack did clear me up within, you know, a day or two. And my voice was good enough to sing for the wedding. 
and my wife uh, sang beautifully and uh, we we got to perform what a wonderful world for our friend's wedding so a really really awesome awesome musical experience and i was so honored to be asked to play that um so that was really cool and then we hung out in baltimore uh, with my family and then flew to florida for a little family vacation got to take the kids to the clearwater marine aquarium they're obsessed with dolphin tail um, I think I mentioned that on like the first or second podcast, maybe, maybe the third. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's these dolphin tail movies about a dolphin who um, has a prosthetic tail. And they made this nice movie about it. And basically, it's just a giant commercial for the Clearwater Marine Aquarium, which is doing good work. Their mission is rescue, rehab, and release. Um, so it's a good, good kind of framework to expose your kids to. Um, oh yeah, there's a mosquito floating around here. He might have gotten me a couple times. Oh, he's on the mic cable. I'm going to try to smack him. Hold on. This might make a jostling noise. Die, motherfucker. Oh, I missed him. Might. Oh, he's still floating around. Oh, there's a couple. This is like getting into sunset hour. I might have to run inside and be a little, a little wimp about the mosquitoes. I was looking for a citronella candle inside before I started this, but I didn't see any. Uh, these guys, they're kind of derailing my focus here. Hopefully this is funny. <laughs> Listening to someone record themselves get bit up by mosquitoes and try to smack them on their dick. Oh, come on. Almost. I definitely just killed one because it splattered on my shorts. I've got white shorts on. And now they've got a nice big mark on All right. Uh, it's pause button time. I'm, I am admitting defeat. These mosquitoes are getting crazy. Oh my God. There's a, okay. I got to go. Hold on. Be right back. Okay. I'm safely inside now and I can continue on with the podcast here. All right. Now I'm just in my little music room office space here and there's a little bit of carpet and I'm going to cozy up next to this pillow here. Oh, there's also a little backpacker guitar over here. Maybe I'll play a couple a couple tunes here. But uh, yeah, so we got to take the kids to Clearwater Marine Aquarium, which was basically their dream. Um, and it felt really good to, to get to share that with them. And um, it's funny, when we were looking at airfare, um, we were pricing out the trip with... <laughs> So I, I joked with my wife, I said, hey, honey, let's price out the trip with and without going to Florida so that we know exactly the price tag on our children's dreams. And then we'll decide from there. And that was just kind of my funny way of motivating myself to say, like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to find a way to make it work. Uh, but uh, But yeah, so... Anyway, Clearwater was great, and then we got to visit my in-laws' family in Austin, Texas, and my sister-in-law, who, uh, um, she she hooked it up. She got she got us some ACL passes for Friday, and I had a three-day wristband, so it was kind of funny. Um, she goes, "Hey, you love music. You need to go enjoy this festival." She was proud of this the the festival that her city puts on. And I was like, hey, this is great. I'd love to. Um, and uh, so she said, all right, Garrett gets the three-day pass, and we'll all go on Friday. 
We'll take the kids Friday afternoon and enjoy the Kitty Festival. It's funny, from 45 seconds of warring with mosquitoes, I'm like sweaty and out of breath. <clears throat> so uh, so Friday afternoon, we did the Kitty Festival during the day, and then Radiohead at night, which was awesome. Uh, an experience unto itself, Radiohead puts on quite an amazing show. Um, and then... Uh, the uh, Saturday and Sunday, I took some opportunity to pop back into the festival. I said, I got this three-day wristband. I got to use it. I know we're here to visit family, um, but, uh, you know, these, these things aren't cheap, and it's quite a cool experience, and I'm comfortable going by myself. Um, so, well, yeah, I'll, I'll just pop back into the festival. Um, I caught some pretty cool music on Saturday. I... Um, stumbled onto Saint Mo Saint Hotel Saint Motel, yeah they're called Saint Motel and uh, very good band very good for festival vibe, um, upbeat, you know pretty positive sounding, right in my wheelhouse of kind of like pop rock. Um, it was fun to just say I don't know anything about this band but let's check them out and they were really cool. I really dug it. Um, I also got a spot. Um, so there's the stage and then, you know, half, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred yards away, there's the soundboard for them to run the sound for the stage. Right. And that area is all blocked off by a fence and, um, you know, just like this metal, uh, connect it yourself assembled fence. Right. And it was the perfect spot to go hang out for a set uh, behind, you know, so leaning against the fence behind the sound guys looking at the stage. It was great um, because I could stretch my back by holding onto the fence and stretching out, could stretch my feet a little bit by doing uh, that exercise where you put your toes up. Uh, angled up and your heel dug into the ground and then kind of lean in and stretch your calf, stretch your Achilles a little bit. So I was like combination dance stretching on my little spot against this, this fence for St. Motel and uh, really, really enjoyed myself. And then I uh, wandered off and stumbled onto one of the side stages. This dude named Jack Garrett was just getting started. G-A-R-R-A-T-T. So I was like, well, what the fuck is with that spelling? But uh, he he put on a great show. Um, One man band with some acoustic drums set up. uh, So he was surrounded by instruments, some of which were acoustic drums, some of which were electronic drums and like a drum pad. Um, and keyboards and then he also had an amp set up behind him and uh, he didn't bust out the guitar for the first few songs but then he he busted out the guitar later on and was able to shred dropping in some like Stevie Ray Vaughan style licks and appealing to the uh, Texan crowd Um, he, he went on this kind of impromptu guitar solo which was really really phenomenal um he had very great structured loop layers and then he would play drums on top of it it was really really impressive um and then he kind of had this r&b soul singer uh kind of like justin timberlake kind of poppy r&b um 
you know, goofy white guy with a big beard and wearing overalls. Uh, but everybody around me was digging him. I was digging him. He was putting on a really good show. Um, and then he said, can I play a cover for y'all? And uh, we're all like, sure, cool. And then he led a crowd sing-along of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air rap, which was pretty fun. Uh, I said, oh, good cover choice. Very nice. So uh, Jack Garrett was cool. Um, I caught a couple other things Saturday, but I'll uh, fast forward to Sunday. What did I see Sunday? Let me go back in my uh, mental uh, register here. Uh, just in general, the festival was really beautiful. Great weather. I was told it was like the best weather that they've had in like a decade. Because September in Texas can get pretty hot. Even the late September, early October can, can be pretty hot. Um, it was on the cooler side. The park was beautiful. Zilker Park. Um, and uh, no rain. Um, Saturday, was it Saturday that we had a little bit of cloud cover? Yeah, Saturday we had a little bit of cloud cover, which was great, because that sun can really beat down on you and take it out of you early. Excuse me. <clears throat> so the, uh, the festival was, was phenomenal. Um, you do have to pace yourself. It's a marathon. You got to drink your water, you know, plan ahead, have your camel back. Um, I was lugging around a couple seats on Friday night that we used when we were doing the kitty festival stuff. But uh, other than that, I, I oh, I did use them a little bit when I plopped down for a gyro. They had a bunch of, uh, or gyro, <laughs> gyro. Um, you know, food vendors, beer vendors. Uh, oh, this was cool. On the wristband, there was a little electronic piece, and you could sync your credit card to it, which was cool and risky. Um uh, it did have a pin so you set up your credit card you set up your personal pin number and then when you go buy beer or food or whatever um, you just swipe your wristband and then punch in your pin and it was pretty convenient I gotta say it was nice not to take my wallet out of my pocket and f fumble around with a credit card um, you know it was uh, it was pretty convenient it's also a way to track your expenses and it was funny you would get an email confirmation with your receipt a couple minutes after you went so I was getting a little bit disheartened by the number of emails I was getting with receipts because these are you know you're buying a 16 ounce beer for nine bucks hey Charlie my cat just walked in this might be Charlie's first appearance on the podcast. Hey, buddy. He cannot get enough of me right now because we were gone for, you know, over a week. So the pets missed us. And this this cat loves me right now. He just, he wants to snuggle. He doesn't want to let me out of his sight. Yeah. He's sniffing around. He's so cute. Siamese cat. Very social. Very social bugger. Um, so yeah, $9 beers for a 16 ounce beer, um, throw a tip, you know, a dollar tip on there for, uh, for good measure and 10 bucks a pop. And you're getting like, you know, four or five, six of these emails uh, each day. And you're like, Ooh, man. Okay. I've, I've put away a few beers. Um, cause you're there for several hours and obviously trying to let loose. Um, it was a fantastic time. Um, my AC just kicked on, and I see, uh, oh, it's not that far. I feel like we're 27 minutes in. Okay, cool. 
Um, so let's go to Sunday at ACL. Uh, the, maybe it'll make sense if I work backwards. The headliners were Mumford and Sons and LCD Sound System. And they were both really cool. Um, I was glad to see Mumford and Sons brings a show. That dude, Mumford, I guess is the lead guy. He can sing. His body and his neck and his face is like built for singing. That guy can wail. Um, and of course he uses it very well. Um, I think for their second song they did that, uh, it was not your fault but mine. And it was your heart on the line. I really fucked it up this time, didn't I, my dear? Um, or, uh, whatever. You know that tune. Um... They did that, like, second, and I was like, all right, cool. They're not shying away from their hits. They want to engage the crowd. They were very good, a mix of electric instruments and acoustic instruments. Uh, the dude could finger pick. He could you know, he beat the shit out of the guitar when he was strumming with it, um, and then just was singing and good harmonies and good vibe. I was very impressed. Um, I did, uh, you know, I was also in visiting family and my wife and kids were back at the uh my sister's or my sister-in-law's place so i i didn't i couldn't just do the festival i would have stuck around for the headliners um all of saturday night but my father-in-law was able to scoop me up that was the other nice thing was doing it with family um and uh my father-in-law um my in-laws had an apartment that was within walking distance of the festival. So that was incredible. And it dawned on me how incredibly convenient that was um, kind of halfway through the weekend. I was like, oh my gosh, that's really, really convenient. And then the other thing was my father-in-law was willing to come pick me up um, and uh, drive me around. So he was kind of my built-in taxi shuttle service, um, which was great. Um, thank you, Bob. Really appreciate that. That made for a very fun weekend. Um, so, uh, but I didn't want to keep Bob out, you know, too late. So I said, I'll, I'll watch about 15 minutes of each headliner and then I'll, and then I'll go home. Cause I had already been out on the festival grounds for quite a while by then. Um, so I saw LCD sound system on the way out and they were doing some really cool stuff. I, I'm not familiar with them, but I do want to look into them. Um, it was wacky, dancey, um, groovy. Uh, it, it was just kind of powerful, weird music. Uh, Alt-rock, I guess you would call it. And I was digging it. I thought it was really cool. Um, and uh, so before that, I caught a little bit of Chris Stapleton. And while I don't want to be a bummer or, uh, you know, be too judgy, he didn't really hold my interest. I was a little bit underwhelmed. I got exactly what I was expecting. And, you know, big beard, big country voice, you know, twangy country rock band. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Pretty cool. Didn't didn't really do it for me. Um, maybe I needed to give them more than two songs, but compared to some of the music that I was seeing earlier in that day and just around the festival in general, I was like, eh, okay. 
Um, which which makes me uh, remember, I did want to sort of discuss or riff a little bit about there's certain music that works really well for festivals or certain performances that work really well for festivals and then others maybe not so much. And I found myself gravitating towards the music that really worked well for festivals. Now, with the asterisk of... I, I found myself being a little bit judgy about music that relied too heavily on pre-recorded stuff. So I've got this internal debate about whether or not it's okay <laughs> for, for performers to use pre-recorded stuff. And by that I'm talking like electronic dance music, EDM, um, even uh, like rap artists that are using DJs to spin their tracks. I'm like, I don't know if that's really that impressive to me. I get that it is an art form in and of itself to be able to produce that music and, and get those sounds into that track and trigger them like that. Um, but, and, and maybe even like Radiohead is using some pre-recorded samples and stuff. I, I don't know that for sure. I'd like to think that they're actually manipulating the, the sounds that they make with their instruments and then, you, you know, looping it and then uh, augmenting it on the fly, right? So everything that you're hearing is being created for the most part live right that I mean I, I Radiohead was great so they kind of get a pass if they were doing that it wasn't overbearing and it wasn't like the whole show like maybe some electronic dance music or, or a hip-hop artist um, who you know puts on a, a different kind of show but for me when I'm going to see live music I'd like to see the instruments being played and and the music coming out of that experience um, organically and on the fly. So I found myself being a little judgy about pre-recorded samples, pre-recorded tracks and things like that um, at the festival. So I, you know, I would rather see a guy play a guitar than spin a record, right? That's just me. Now the, the other shows can definitely be hit, you know, parties, um, which is fun. But, uh, you know, maybe as a musician, I was more interested in going and seeing music being created on, on the stage rather than just played back. Um, and I know it's more complicated that I'm oversimplifying it and I'm being a little bit of a grumpster about it. But that's my take. Um, so I was gravitating towards festival rock music that was working and that didn't rely too heavily on pre-sampled stuff, but still had a good festival energy to it. It was it was pick you up music. And Chris Stapleson, God bless him. I hope I can sell him a song one day. Um, you know that's good for other occasions. And I'm sure he puts on a great show in a theater or at a club. But at a festival, I was like, ooh, you know, man, I've been on my feet all day. If you're not gonna get me, you know, bouncing my head, like. Uh, I was more interested in laying out a picnic blanket and taking a nap during his set. So, uh, no, no offense, Mr. Stapleton. I'm sure you're doing great things, but, uh, you know, I was like, Oh, I thought, I thought that was going to be more. 
um, who was more right before I walked over to Chris Stapleton. Now, of course, we're going back in time. Was Young the Giant? I really enjoyed getting to see those guys. If you haven't heard them, they've got good hooks, big, big melodies, big choruses, um, just really smart music. Um, I really like Young the Giant, and getting to see them was really cool. Didn't really know what they looked like or what they were all about. Um, and uh, had only spun their record a couple times before going and seeing them. But I was already like, oh, yeah, I recognize this melody. Um, they got one melody that's like, um, Life's too short to carry it on. Whoa. I'm losing my mind, losing my mind, losing control. Or uh, something like that. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, these guys. Okay, I, I, re I remember listening to this uh, on my phone or on my computer at home. Uh, so Young the Giant was a treat to catch. Um, also enjoyed catching a little bit of Band of Horses, but that was the other, that was Friday night before Radiohead. What did I see before Young the Giant on Saturday? Saturday, I rolled into the festival... What did I see before Young the Giant? I don't remember. Well, anyway, those were those were a couple of the highlights for me. Um, it was a really cool time. They kept it clean. Oh, this was interesting. So if you go to festivals at all, you know that part of what happens at festivals is there's lots of people eating food and drinking beverages. So... Something needs to happen, right? Everybody needs to go to the bathroom at some point. And that can be one of the less... Uh, the least fun parts about a festival. But uh, I got to give it to them. They had the bathrooms segmented off, kind of out of view, um, spaced out enough that they were accessible. And I had not seen this before. This must be getting common. Um, but I was used to, you know, lines of porta potties, right? A little labyrinth of porta potties where you can go back there and wait in line and go in there. Well, at ACL, and this was the first time I've seen this, they had like a men's section where there was a couple porta potties, but then there was also just walls that were set up out of like plastic it looked like plastic that you could kind of connect and, and build it up as as big or as small as you wanted it but uh, that basically like served as urinals so you peed against a wall and then it went down and got caught in this little you know the the bottom of the plastic part um, so a couple feet up off the ground is uh, curved so if you're looking at it at the side it's like a J with a really long stem and you're peeing onto the J, and then your pee gets caught in the little U uh, hook part of the J, and then it's balanced in such a way that it runs off into some pipes and goes into, you know, uh, uh, the, I don't know, wherever it goes. But it was very clean, very efficient. You could just walk right up and pee. I never had to wait to pee. And that was, that was, it sounds like it's not a big deal, but that was fantastic. I was like more blown away than, than by that, than some of the music. Um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely singing the praises of the porta potty setup that they had with those, those urinal walls. Like those, those need to, 
those need to catch on. That's a good idea. Um, <laughs> as long as they're balanced right, because they do need to be a little tilted, I guess. They must be created that way so that you just set it up regular and then it's got this ever so slight tilt so that the guy at the end, his pee doesn't just gather there and pool and, and spill over, but it all runs down um, into the uh, into the little common hole and then gets tubed out to you know wherever wherever the shit and piss goes um now obviously you don't poop uh on that wall but uh i imagine they probably consolidate all the poop and pee somewhere before sucking it into one of those trucks that comes along with like that big vacuum tube have you ever seen those at a festival <laughs> or campground or uh um you know, fair or something where when they've got to come around and empty those things out, man, that guy is a hero driving that truck and setting up that tube. And it's like a big vacuum and then just goes into a truck container and then they drive it away and then do something with it. I don't know, put it in the ocean or something. Oh, that'd be terrible. Um, so anyway, the the pea setup was great there um beautiful beautiful was, you know a little bit expensive but uh, really nice security was you know it was what it needed to be um there was i'll admit there was about 15 seconds when i was getting ready to go to the festival that i was like uh oh one of these like big gatherings of people am i concerned at all about terrorism and then I was like, fuck that thought. And I, I erased that thought from my mind. And, um, you know, I was just like, no, like, don't dwell on that. If you dwell on it, then the terrorists have won. That's kind of my attitude about all that. So, yeah, it was a big gathering of people, but they were all there to have a good time. It was a happy bunch of people. Um, my mother-in-law had a really good point. She goes, well, you're not going to have any riffraff because it's so expensive to do it. Right. I mean, buying a ticket there is cost prohibitive for your run of the mill, crazy riffraff person that's going to be killing your buzz. So those people can't afford to get in. And, um, you know, so it was just all the uh, the people that could afford to go and a, and a lot of kids. It did make me feel a little bit old. I'm getting a little bit old for the festival scene. Um, and by kids, I mean like 20, you know, 20 to 25 year olds, um, as, as one of our friends put it, it's like the universe vomited 20 year olds onto ACL. That's kind of what we felt like being the, uh, the old salty dogs there over 30 old folks over 30. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, great time. Great time. I paced myself well, had just the right amount to, to eat and drink. Um, oh, the Friday that I was there, they have this, uh, this one little store that's just like helpful stuff, like band-aids, ponchos, etc. And, uh, and they were selling bananas for two bucks. And I was like, this is going to be the best two bucks I spend all weekend. I was like, let me have a banana Friday, Friday night before Radiohead. Let me, let me pound a banana to the face and this is going to help me power through the rest of the festival weekend. But, uh, yeah, so that was the best two bucks I spent. Um, and, uh, yeah, great memories, really fun times, you know, chatting with people when I was roaming around by myself, that was kind of fun too comparing notes about who'd you see, what are you here to see, what are you excited about, you know, 
all that stuff was really fun. I get it. I get I get the hype. ACL was cool. Um, I dig it. I hope to be back someday. We'll see. It's kind of nice with family in the area. There's a built-in excuse to go visit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit lonely having, you know, being the only one with a three-day band. A little bit lonely and then also a little bit like freedom. You know, it's just like I'm not beholden to anybody. I can just, whenever I'm done, I just, oh, well, I'm going over here now. Uh, you know, don't have to rely on convincing a group what to do next. Uh, actually witnessed a little bit of that, too. People being like, okay, so, so should we go check out this guy now? Or what are we what are we doing? Is, are you hungry? Or, oh, oh, no, you know, Tim's still grabbing a beer. We got to wait till Tim is back. And I was like, oh, God, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with any of that. Well, I just heard uh, the garage door open. Um, I do have a couple gigs coming up uh, next week. So I've got some stuff to report on. I'll keep doing these podcasts. I hope you're enjoying them. Um, I'm enjoying doing them. And uh, let's see, is this guitar tuned up? Let's see, hold on. I'll put the microphone down there for a little bit and... There's a little Martin backpacker. quite in tune, but as I like to say, good enough for rock and roll. Alright, I'm hearing the kids. So, peace. Peace.